0: today on CityCast Madison. It's state budget time. Everything from roads to schools to taxes is at stake when the governor and lawmakers arm wrestle over how to spend our money. A showdown between Governor Tony Evers and Republican lawmakers over funding for local governments nearly brought negotiations to a grinding halt last week. But folks, they have a deal. It includes a boost in revenue for Wisconsin cities and more money for public and private schools. Lawmakers could vote this week. WISPolitics editor J.R. Ross is here to tell us what this means for you. It's Monday, June 12th, and here's what Madison's talking about. J.R. Ross, thank you for taking time out of your busy day to tell us what's happening with the state budget. No problem. So heading into this budget season, there was a $7 billion surplus. You'd think that would make things a heck of a lot easier, despite the partisan divide in the state. So do you think that uh, having this historic surplus ended up making things easier?
1: No. The pitch from the capital is easy budgets when there's no money. Everybody gets cut. The hard budgets when there are is money because then everybody wants a piece of that pie. And what's not... Well understood by the public is that $7 billion is a huge number, but it is mostly one-time money. And the reason that's important is remember, a budget's built on a two-year cycle. And the more you build into each year, it's ongoing spending, the more you have to have come in and out years to stay afloat. You could spend all $7 billion in state programs, pump up every department you could think of and and overall you know, go up that much, but then you have to have 7 billion more in revenue in the next two year period just to break even. That's never gonna happen again. And so as you watch this process, you've seen Republicans, and it seems probably like crazy to the public, but they're hoarding state tax dollars. They're trying to find ways to save general purpose revenue wherever they can to try and keep overall spending kind of at a manageable place, to avoid that big hit in 25-27.
0: Hmm, yeah. Well, that that's a good way to think about it and just a good context. It seems weird that the state could have this big surplus, but that other governments in Wisconsin are seem to be struggling. I mean, try and think about it this way. Let's say you make 10 bucks a year and you win a scratch-off ticket that gives
1: you two dollars. That's a big chunk of change, right? But I'm going to make 10 bucks the next year. If I increase my spending by two dollars, because that that instant scratch-off ticket, how am I gonna make it up in the next year, right? I'm in a hole now, now I've gotta take out loans, I gotta run my credit cards. Like that's what the state is looking at. We have this scratch-off ticket for $7 billion, but that means if you spend it, you create a hole. And now look, uh, you can do that. I mean, you could go through this process of spending all that money, but then when you start the budget in early 2025, you're gonna cut a lot of stuff. And that's what they're trying to avoid. Now, Governor Evers, he tried to create new ongoing revenues. He wanted to raise taxes on businesses. For example, we have the manufacturing and ag credit, which basically is if you're a manufacturer or a farm, uh, you get to have cleanse exemption to your revenue for tax purposes. He wanted to cap it for manufacturers saying, look, these really big manufacturers don't need this tax break. We should cap that. That would generate more revenue going forward. Republicans are not going to agree to tax increase, period. But they're definitely not going to do one. Well. We got a $7 billion surplus. So they nixed that right away. And really, to kind of shrink the numbers a little bit, think of $2 billion, which is still a lot of money, right? But $2 billion is roughly what you could increase spending in the second year of the budget without creating that big hole. So that's where you get into like, okay, you got to pay for schools. You got to pay for medicaid you got to pay you know tax cut that's kind of like your rough number without creating a hole now you could go above two billion that's not saying you shouldn't or can't but that's where you create that hole
0: so maybe that's a better way of thinking about it is if if you were being fiscally responsible there was about two billion dollars that could be played with without creating problems down the line um but we did get a, a, a grand bargain. Uh, a deal was struck between the governor and GOP lawmakers. And this deal was important because it, it solved uh, seemed to settle big key aspects of the budget, including school funding and money for cities. So what does this agreement mean for, for Madison in particular? Now, Madison, really the county,
1: it gets a big boost if this all goes through. Um, so they, they do pretty well, but it's not like it's earth shattering. Several million dollars from Madison, I think off the top of my head, something like that. Remember, this is taking one penny of the five cent sales tax. You segregate that into a new fund. That fund goes toward local governments. The sales tax has gone up every year but two in the past 20 years. Those two were during the Great um, Recession. It goes up year after year. So, and projected to go up. So as that pot of money gets bigger, the payments get bigger. There's your built-in increase going forward to avoid this 20 years of being frozen like we have had in the past.
0: Okay. So that that would benefit cities like Madison. And, and what about school funding? How happy do you think uh, school officials in Madison are with this deal?
1: To be determined. So the only bills we have right now, right? So we have the shared revenue bill that passed the assembly. They're going to create a new amendment to add these changes that the governor agreed to with Republicans. There is a new education bill. That bill only deals with the choice and charter pieces, raising that voucher limit, that voucher payment from the state per kid going forward. All the details of the um, education funding otherwise will be in the budget. Now, Republicans are doing this for a couple of reasons. Remember, Governor Evers has a partial veto authority, which means he can strike out parts of a bill, but only if it spends money. So if you have a bill that just sets policy, it's, it's your up or down veto. We know there's going to be a billion dollars in new money for schools. And the key phrase is spendable money. In past years, Republicans have put more money in the formula for schools, but money to drive down property taxes. So way you fund schools in Wisconsin is there is a per pupil limit on revenue. That's basically every district has a number of we can raise this much per kid between state aid and property taxes. So if you raise that per pupil limit, the more state aid that goes in, the less you can raise from property taxes, unless that per pupil increase keeps pace with everything else. So we know it's a billion dollars. We don't know the mix between state money and property taxes that's going to go in and it will impact every district a little bit differently. So now we wait for what the budget looks like and how that's all hashed out.
0: Man, they don't make this easy to understand, JR, do they? This, especially the school formula stuff. Yeah. And,
1: you know, there are different pots. So you've got the general school aids, which were based, again, a lot of the system for, with state aid years ago is how wealthy or poor you are. The wealthier district you are, the less you got in state aid for your schools because they figured you could raise it from property taxes.
0: To wrap it up, Madison School District will likely see some sort of increase uh, as part of the deal struck between Evers.
1: Yes. The thing to watch going forward is the tax cut. What's it going to look like? Uh, Devin Lemonhew, the Senator leader, wants to do a flat tax. The co-chairs of the Finance Committee have said that's not going to happen. Evers that's not going to happen. But could you maybe tweak the top of the tax bracket? we got four tax brackets in Wisconsin. Republicans want to collapse them, go down to fewer ones. The top tax bracket is 7.65%. It's for income, I think, north of $300,000 for most filers, which doesn't apply to most journalists that I know. Um, so we're not getting hit by it. But Republicans argue a lot of those people who file and get hit by that tax are business owners. They file as LLCs, right? If that tax rate is so high, it discourages expansion. It make us more competitive is the word they often use if you lower that. Evers does not want to lower the top tax bracket, right? He wants to create credits for the lower tax brackets to help more middle class folks. What's it going to look like? And as much as we talked about a deal on shared revenue and education, if Republicans were to go super aggressive and do a flat tax, I don't Evers just sign that. You know, He might have a problem with that and say, look, this is too much for me. He has threatened vetoes on the budget before, but each time he's come through and signed it because of education like you don't want to mess up the education spending. So the thought is for folks: is, we put up money in for education, he will sign about anything. But what if you cross that red line on taxes and UW system? We are pretty confident from our reporting that Rod and is going to direct them to nick the system some way. He is on a personal warpath with UW. It goes back years, involves free speech on campuses, um, diversity, equity, inclusion, and student turnout. But whatever it is, it's got him on the warpath, and he wants to take a pound of flesh out of the system. We've already seen it with the engineering building being nixed at Madison in the capital budget. So the question is, are they going to hold the system flat for state aid or take some away? That's the, another big thing that's going to impact Madison a great deal.
0: Just to sum up all what you just said there, Republicans among themselves sort of have to sort out some kind of tax cut while making sure that uh, they don't go so far that Governor Evers vetoes it. Yeah. And another big thing that still needs to be figured out is the UW-Madison. And it does seem like Assembly Speaker Robin Voss uh, has an axe to grind. And we could see just totally flat funding for our, our university system, despite having this surplus.
1: Yeah. I mean, look at this way. Republicans love the tech college system. Like, they see it as a job creator, because it fills people into, like, trades and all that kind of stuff. The tech college system got seven million dollars more in state aid. All right. So that's not a huge boost. If they love the tech college system, give it seven million bucks, or they gonna do to UW.
0: I want to try something here, JR. Okay. We're calling it the lightning round. So Governor Evers proposed a lot in his executive budget that were Pretty much no goes with the GOP lawmakers, just right out of the gate. So we're hoping to ask you just about some of those items and, and where they stand and on on whether these proposals from the governors are dead or alive. Okay? Those are your two choices. Okay. All right. Uh legal marijuana. Dead. Money for stadium upgrades for the Milwaukee Brewers.
1: Breathing,
0: but not the way he wants to do it. He being the governor. Yes. A new family leave program that would give 12 weeks off for paid parental leave for all Wisconsin workers. Dead. That's dead. Okay. Uh, yearly increases to the state minimum wage. Yeah. So that's sticking at 7.25 or whatever mm-hmm. the federal low. Okay. You mentioned it before, but that new building for UW Madison is is that totally done? You could, in theory. I know it's not a great lightning round answer, but
1: you could, in theory, bring it back. You could add it back in. There can be on the floor of the budget, but it looks like it is not in there. And I've not heard anybody say they're gonna try and bring it back right now.
0: And then Evers also proposed a 10% tax cut for individuals making less than hundred grand. Could we still see that? Maybe, so it's it's not in that list of 545. They took it out of budget separately.
1: The question is, will they include it in their tax cut? The Republicans have argued that in the last two budgets, they have addressed the lowest income tax brackets of the four. They want to address a top one. Evers doing this tax credit. I, they don't like the idea. I just don't know where they're going to go right now. And they, they don't either, to tell you the truth. They've got to figure out next week and a half where they're going on tax policy for the next two years.
0: Taxes, UW, two big pieces um, to keep an eye on. Okay, so Wisconsin's governor famously at least used to have uh, a lot of power over the budget through creative uses of the veto pen. How much does he still wield in terms of that? veto power you can't do the vanna white veto like you strike out individual letters you can't stitch together
1: sentences i think you still do quite a bit with it which is why you see republicans they are obsessed about like the language they put in the budget You try and limit what he can use as fodder it's also why i'm seeing more trailer bills to the budget than i've ever seen in a process so a trailer bill is a bill that includes the policy that's in the budget, or well, the budget has the money. A great example, the shared revenue deal that was announced this week, including the education money. There's 50 million bucks to address literacy in that pot they've agreed to. There's a GOP bill to try and address literacy that has the policy, but not the money in it. State Superintendent, Joe Underly, doesn't like the bill because it has a provision that if you're a third grader and don't meet the reading standard, you'd be held back a year, doesn't like that provision. So. The money will be there, the policy somewhere else, if they agree on that policy bill, they actually spend the money. PFAS, 125 million bucks in the budget set aside to address PFAS. The policy is in a separate bill that says how the money would be spent. You don't pass that bill, the money just sits there.
0: Yeah, and those PFAS are that that pollutant in firefighter foam. The forever chemicals,
1: firefighter foam, cookware, those kinds of things.
0: Okay, so, and thank you. That actually is very helpful. So the reason why we're seeing all these kind of separate bills on top of the budget negotiations is because Republicans are trying to avoid Governor Evers using his veto pen in a creative way to do a runaround. And and he's done that before. Yep,
1: absolutely. He's found ways and passed budgets to uh, increase spending for schools, redirecting money, um, things like that. Now, if you want to get really deep in the weeds, you can make an argument that Evers should push the envelope. Um, there's gonna be a liberal majority in the Supreme court starting in August with Jennifer is coming on board. We haven't had the court weigh in on what the limits are that veto power on quite a while. So liberal majority might even want to see just how far he can go again, not arguing he should not saying he will, but there's a thought out there that, you know, maybe there is an avenue to kind of get aggressive because the Supreme court, the conservative majority knocked back a couple of years of vetoes a couple of years ago. Um, Different makeup now, different people, so maybe different results.
0: Okay, a new calculus the governor has to consider with his veto powers, okay. All right, but while this has been really fun, Jr., thank you for just explaining everything. Before we go, what happens if they don't pass a budget?
1: Not much. We're not like the federal government just shut down. Everything can get maintained as is. So if we spend 10 bucks on Program X on June 30th in the fiscal year, we're still spending 10 bucks on July 1st. What happens, though, is schools get these payments the course of a year, there's a, a payment due in the fall. If you don't get that payment in October, schools get really antsy, uh, really, really antsy. Local governments set their budgets, usually November. If they don't see what they're going to get, they get really antsy. So the pressure builds as you move toward the fall, but we don't shut down. Nothing goes away. Um, you say, well, p- say, pay the same tax as you did in the previous fiscal year. So there's not that pressure that way. But if you're a lawmaker, you get calls from your school district saying, hey, we're not getting our payment or increased payment we're supposed to get. What's going on? The local mayor goes, hey, uh, I got to set my budget, man. Like you got to tell me what I'm going to get so I know what to do with this. Thing because if I'm not getting the shared revenue or whatever, I, I got a budget for it. So that's what kind of happens more than anything else.
0: All right. So that's why they can kind of blow through the July 1st deadline. But there is pressure as you're moving towards the rest of the summer. J.R. Ross, WISP Politics, thank you so much for talking us through the state budget this year. Sure, anytime. That was J.R. Ross, editor of WISP Politics. And here's what else Madison's talking about: Other Budget News. The powerful State Budget Writing Committee, called the Joint Finance Committee, or just JFC in case you were wondering, has been improving other aspects of the state budget all this month. Looks like Democratic Attorney General Josh Call won't get more money for school safety. The Budget Committee rejected additional funds for the Office of School Safety after federal COVID funds dried up. Call says the Budget Committee effectively guts the office and will bring an end to the 24-7 tip line created in 2020 to alert officials to school safety threats. Additionally, the State Budget Committee approved new positions for the Department of Safety and Professional Licensing to help resolve a backlog in issuing occupational licenses. Everything from accountants to manicurists to welders. The agency has been criticized for delays. However, only a quarter of the new positions requested were approved meaning the state's backlog in issuing licenses may persist. That's all for today here on CityCast Madison. I'm Dylan Brogan, in for Bianca Martin. If you enjoyed the show, why not share this podcast with a kickboxing contestant? Did you know that they have to be licensed by the state too? We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. See you then.
1: No acronyms, Molly. Ah, yes. We made Molly very happy.